1797, a group of people came together and they decided to, the the history says that they were um, awakened to the fact that they had a duty to come together and to promote the cause of Christ in this area. So they got together, they sent to uh, the presiding elder over the church in Scipio, which apparently was very big at that point in time, and uh, uh, David Irish, yes, and he was the one who came over uh, all this way and met, brought some of his folks and and met together with uh, our folks, our that that core group of people, and decided yes, they would extend to us uh, this right hand of fellowship to become a church. And so they came together and they, and they wrote down, and I don't have the quote, but they said, you know, so here we are, we're committed to do this, to come together in this imperfect state that we are and do what we can for the cause of Christ here. And so my opening line was, so here now we are 225 years later, having become perfect. Um, obviously not. But I, I like how the author put it, that they were awakened to their sense of duty and finding some desire to promote the cause of Christ in this area. I, I want to share with you a message this special anniversary day. and I'm going to entitle the message, Some Things Never Change. Some Things Never Change. There's been a whole heap of changes in this church in 225 years. Somewhere in the neighborhood of 38 pastors. I'm standing on a lot of shoulders. I should be a lot taller, but um, we, we've moved locations from the McLeod's barn, as uh, Kate talked about this morning, uh, to a log meeting house around where Bliss is, uh, replaced by a stone church, a beautiful stone church. Uh, it costs like $9,000 to build. Uh, it only costs 6000 for the courthouse, so they... Uh, They spared no expense in that beautiful church and then moved to our present building in 1849. Um, The playground out back used to be, and I got a picture there, used to see, if you look in the behind the church, you can see the stables back there for where they used to park the horses. Uh, if, If you go around this side of the building, you see the overhang there and the door that's about up to here, right? Say, well, why is there a door up to here? Because that's where the buckboards let off, right? Under that underhang, and people came in that door, which um, now is the door to nowhere. Um, but so things change, right? The wonderful addition that was added, if you go right through these doors here, is the book still there, Rick, the, the, with the pictures of the building of the addition? Just flipping through there will inspire you how the church came together to, to take on that monumental task. Uh, from what I understand, when, uh, when somebody got the inspired idea to do that, they went to the advisory council, the advisory council says, yeah, right, okay, you know, you think you can do that? Go for it. So they got the loan. We ended up paying it off how many years early? Ten years early. Um, Built that great, big, beautiful addition back there. Uh, What a blessing. What a blessing. 
just recently, our paved parking lot, and something I know we all appreciate on a day like today, air conditioning, right? So a lot of changes take place in 225 years. But some things, some things never change. I like how this church even started. It says, and, and, and I, I like they even wrote it down, they were awakened. They were awakened to what they needed to do. I, I like that word. It tells me that right from the start, the Holy Spirit was at work at work in the lives of ordinary people, awakening them to two things. One was to the Word of God, specifically the words of Jesus in Matthew 28. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Right? This is what we call the Great Commission. Jesus is there with his, with his very first disciples assembled together, the very first church, and he says, go. And actually, the, the Greek, the, the tense of the Greek word is, as you're going. So go was not the command. Go was just as it, it was expected. As you're going, right, here's the command, right? Make disciples, baptize, teach. Don't just keep this glorious gospel to yourselves, right? You have to do something with it. You have to take it out there. The good news of my death and resurrection, obtaining for you eternal salvation, right? You have something, you, you believers together, you have something vital that you need to take into the rest of the world something that needs to be shared. People are spiritually dead. People are separated from God. People are destined for an eternity without God, where Jesus said there would be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And you, believers, assemble together. You know, the, the word church in the Greek means assembly, right? You have the message. You have the way for them for eternity. You can't keep it to yourself. You have a moral responsibility, Jesus was saying, to take this message and to share it and to help people to grow and to mature in it. So this group in 1797 was awakened to this. We need to be doing this, right? They had gotten together occasionally for prayer, meeting in this house and that house, the other house, but said there, there's, there's something more that we need to be doing. So by that same spirit... They decided to promote the cause of Christ to come together and to make a church. The first thing that never changes is God's burden for the lost. The same love for the world that caused Him to send His only begotten Son that we might have eternal life. Can I tell you that God still has a burden for the lost? A burden for those that don't know Him. A burden for those who are destined for an eternity without Him. That never changes. People need to hear and be shown the love of God. The second thing that never changes is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul, writing to the church at Rome, in chapter 1, verse 16, wrote... 
For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. The simple message of God's love for us, of Jesus taking upon Himself our sin and its penalty, our judgment on the cross, dying in our place, and then rising victorious over sin in the grave, right? Opening the door for eternal life to any and all who will put their faith and trust in Him. That's the message that was preached and believed in 1797, and that is the message we continue to preach and believe in 2022. Amen? It's the foundation of the Bible, the New Testament, and even the Old, right? So many of the prophecies and the ceremonies and the observances of the Old Testament all pointed forward to the Gospel. They say the, the, the new is in the old concealed, the old is in the new revealed. I like that. It's the foundation. This gospel is the foundation for every single ministry in our church. And it's our commitment to this gospel and to the whole word of God that will cause this church, that will cause the work of God to continue and to endure until Jesus comes. Amen? Another thing that doesn't change is that God, as He awakened our forerunners, still speaks to and uses ordinary people. People just like those sitting in this room, those who are tuning in online, right? He awakened them. Ordinary people to do the extraordinary, to change people's Lives to change people's eternities, right? Wow. And it doesn't matter who you are. I've seen children lead other children to Christ, lead adults to Christ. I, I just recently, with the Vacation Bible School, I, I watched the teenagers getting involved in ministering to the younger ones. And, and what a blessing because. Because we're all old fogies, and you know, and the children they they look at the teenagers and go, those are the ones we want to be like. And there they were praising God and singing and all this kind of, you know, what a what a just a beautiful. It doesn't matter who you are, young, old, rich, poor, right, tall, short. Thank you. Um, God uses ordinary people. He awakens us. He speaks to us, and He empowers us. We just need to be willing, right? You don't have to be able, you just need to be available, right? Amen. So we're grateful for the people all throughout this church's history and those of you now who call FBC your home. Dedicated people with listening ears that say, yes, Lord, here I am. Here I am. I will share the message. I will serve. I will organize. I will help. I will contribute financially. I will support these folks. I, I, I will fill that position. I will encourage others. I will pray for my church, for my community, right? for the ministries. Here I am, Lord. We're grateful for those of you who hear 
and invest. I like that word, Jim. Invest in the gospel, in the kingdom of God. I love Paul's analogy in 1 Corinthians 12, 14. He says, for the body does not consist of one member, but many. Goes on to say, and now there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord. There are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. It's that body mentality and the willingness to hear and respond to the Holy Spirit that has kept First Baptist Church of Manchester, a lighthouse in this community for 225 years and will propel us into the future. Something else that doesn't change? Challenges that face the church. Always going to be challenges, right? I think Jesus hinted at that when after commissioning the church in Matthew 28, he said this, And behold, I am with you always even unto the end of the age. In other words, you're going to face tough times. And when you do, you need to remember, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be there. I'm going to strengthen you. I'm going to empower you. I'm going to help you over the rough spots. I'm going to be there. Aren't you glad? <laughs> Looking back, our church over 225 years endured some tough economic times. Wars, like the War of, 18, War of 1812, can you imagine? The Civil War, going through that as a church. World War I, World War II. Some of the fallen heroes of those wars are right over here in, this, in the uh, village cemetery here. False prophets and doctrines have been around since biblical times. Right? You hear, read a lot about that in the, in the epistles of Paul. How many were aware that uh, Joseph Smith uh, was here for a time attending our church, especially uh, revivals that were held at that particular time? Uh, but fortunately, his departure from the gospel and the word of God was easily recognized and rejected here. Thank you, Lord. And yet... With that victory, apparently some folks at the Manchester Baptist Church were uh, at one time led astray uh, by the teachings of a man named William Miller, a Baptist from Low Hampton, New York, who through his prophetic calculations and subsequent writings per persuaded many, uh, actually many in our general area, as well as tens of thousands of people across the country, that Jesus was coming back no later than 1843. I think he missed it by a, a, a little. There's been a lot of those through the years, right? Jesus is coming. I remember 88 reasons why Jesus was coming back in 1988. And a lot of them, when you read that little book, it's like, yeah, that could well, very well be. But like that time in 88 where people were selling their houses and all that kind of stuff, some of that went on right here in our very own community. Um, businesses let go, etc. So tough time, tough time. But the First Baptist Church weathered these storms with the Lord's help, just as we recently did COVID that changed the world, right? A lot of changes still uh, from COVID. 
And can I say again just how proud I am as a pastor, having gone through COVID, having talked to other pastors, to see the way that you, as the body of Christ, went through that together. And even here, we had differing opinions. I mean, you know, you remember the, this, the information that was coming out from here and from here and from here. It was so confusing. And even amongst ourselves, we were saying, eh, we don't have to worry about it. Yeah, we gotta be, you're going to be really concerned. And all. But we, we dropped that. We dropped our own stuff and came together and said, how do we get through this together as a church? And we did. We put some protocols in place. We went to two services. We did double duty on a lot of things. We went to Zoom and, and all, you know, and we went through it together and we made it. And I remember the first, the first Sunday when we were able to take off the masks and, you know, uh, ah, thank you, Lord Jesus. But we did it. We did it because of our commitment to him and our commitment to one another as the body of Christ. Very, very proud as a pastor. The last thing I want to share with you that doesn't change is change itself. Why don't we have stables in the back of the church anymore? We don't need them, right? They're no longer relevant in the time, in the culture, in the community that we're called to reach with the gospel. I like what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 22. He says this, I have become all things to all people, that by all means I might save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel that I may share with them in its blessings. When Paul was among the Jews, he needed to become a Jew. He needed to speak to them in terms that they understood. When Paul was with the Gentiles, he needed to become as a Gentile, speak to them and minister to them in their own language. In 225 years, our community has changed. Our culture has changed, hasn't it? And because of that, the church has had to adapt styles in order to continue to remain relevant to the culture that they ministered to. The message doesn't change. It's still the gospel of Jesus Christ. That never, ever, ever changes. He is the way, the truth, the life, period. The word of God does not change. They're trying to reinterpret it in a lot of places and, you know, throw out 2,000 years of traditional interpretation. Well, then now this means this and it. No, 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 no. The Word of God is the Word of God. It doesn't change, right? The gospel is the gospel. So the message doesn't change, but the methods do. Technology, like sound systems and screens and computers and websites, right? Tools that we now use to help people connect with our church and with the Lord Jesus. Right? I mean, years ago, if you wanted to know what the church was like in town, you probably went and visited. Now everybody Googles. You gotta have a website. It's just the way it is, you know. So methods have changed in 225 years. Ministries have changed. Vital ministries. That, that, that God ordained, that God raised up to meet needs in the community, in the church. 
when those needs change, those ministries fade. And other ministries are raised up to meet the needs of the time. So yes, in many ways, well, you know what? I'm going I'm to add one more. E- even as I talk about the people and the commitment, and Jim alluded to this too, uh, that, that are... Another thing changes, we're not, we're not perfect, right? We're human beings, and we're always going to make mistakes. And there's always going to be characters like yours truly in the church, right? And, and people are, are, are going to be, some of them are going to be strange, and some of us are going to be messy, and we're going to have problems. and You know, it's the way it is. But again... I, th- I think that's why, uh, especially Jesus uh, washing the disciples' feet. We, we talked about that, I think, when we went through the Gospel of John. You know, they, they used to walk barefoot a lot, and they used to step in a lot of stuff where donkeys and cattle and sheep and stuff were, right? So here is Jesus taking the towel and girding himself and washing their feet, setting an example. He said, I have given you an example. Sometimes we need to wash each other's feet. Sometimes we need to just put up with, here they go again, you know. And, and, and the fact that people are, we get immature and we have bad days and, you know, we're going to rub each other the wrong way at times and we're going to need to humble ourselves and ask forgiveness and extend forgiveness. And that's just part of the life of the church, right? We're all broken. We all need Jesus. So let's just move forward together. Amen? Because that's, that's church. I, I, I just, I, the, the, the humor of the Lord to say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to give you one command, love one another. Because if we can do it in here and, and just let go of this stuff, and if we can do that here, then we can take it out there. Because Jesus said, by this all men will know you're my disciples because of the love you have for one another. Because you're willing to give each other the benefit of the doubt. Because you're willing to roll your eyes and put up with the pastor, you know, and his puns and, and you know, um, and, and just let, let, don't sweat, don't sweat the petty stuff and don't pet the sweaty stuff, you know. Just let it all go um, and love one another and be committed to one another because you know what? It's not happening out there. The more and more in this day and in this time, especially post-COVID, people are stressed, people are angry, people are bitter, people are just looking for an excuse to, to, to get mad. and it's, it's, just, it's a madhouse out there. But in here, we're committed by his grace, to love one another, right? And that's what's going to move us forward. So, many changes in 225 years in the First Baptist Church of Manchester. But some things never change. God still loves the world, right? The gospel of Jesus Christ is still the power of God unto salvation to bring peace and hope and eternal life to people who are languishing under the effects of sin in this world. God still calls the First Baptist Church of Manchester to bring his gospel 
to the community and beyond by all means possible. And he is still calling and using ordinary people like you and me to do extraordinary things. May the Lord continue to use us as we go forward into the future until he comes. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your faithfulness to this. Lord, your, your word says, Jesus said, without me you can do nothing. We, we <laughs> humbly expect that and proclaim that. Without you we can do nothing. Without the empowering of your spirit, we can't do it. Without you coming in and changing our hearts and lives, we wouldn't even be here. So thank you, Lord, that somewhere along the line, whether it was in this church or outside these doors, somebody shared the gospel with us. And you opened our eyes and our hearts to that truth. And then you began, Lord, to speak to us, to move in us, to say, yeah, I can do that, I can do that, I can, I can serve, I can be a part of things, I can pray. And so the ministry of the church works through the church by your power, and we are grateful. Thank you, Lord, for 225 years of faithfulness. Would you please allow us to save one more? Uh, what's that Hexar Ridge movie? Just, just one more, Lord. Just give me one more to, to, to go behind enemy lines to grab one more and bring them to safety. That's our cry, Lord. Just one more until you come. Just one more. Empower us. Anoint us by your Spirit. Give us wisdom, Lord. This is a, this is a different culture. It's, it's evolving before our eyes, Lord. We need wisdom how to reach our community with this gospel in ways that make sense to them, in ways that are relevant to them. Help us by your Spirit. And be glorified in it all, Lord, until you come and say to the church, well done, good and faithful servant. As we're bowed here, this morning, even as I've shared just a little bit of, of the gospel, of the fact that God loves each of us sinners enough to send Jesus to that cross, to give his life, to take our judgment so that we could have eternal life, so that we could be cleansed from our sins and have eternal life, have a new relationship with God. If you're here today, or within the sound of my voice online, and you have not yet opened the door of your heart to Jesus. He said, I stand at the door and knock. If you will open that door, I will come in. There's a relationship there. I'm not talking religion. I'm not talking church even. I'm talking a relationship with God who loves you and wants to bestow upon you eternal life, wants to have a relationship with you day in and day out. And if that's your desire, just say this in your heart as I say it out loud. Say, Lord, that's me. 
I want to give my life to you. I want to open that door of my heart. I want to let you come in. Thank you for dying for my sins. Thank you for taking the punishment that I deserve so that I could be free to love you and know you and be with you forever in heaven. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. And if you did pray that prayer for the first time, please let me know. Love to get you a Bible and answer a bunch of questions. I know, boy, when I did that, I had questions. What about dinosaurs? You know, all that kind of stuff. All kinds of questions. So be glad to uh, uh, help you out as much as we can. Thank you so much for coming.